Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market, more than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein, here's your host, Jason Swigard. Well, rise and shine, Portland. It is not Jason Swigard, although I did do my best swag impression wearing shorts on this cold and rainy day. Ryan Buckley here filling in for swag. He's out in Bend, Oregon, but I am alongside the great Harold Bluestein. How are you, Harold? I'm great. Uh, good morning. This is uh, like our... Thank you very much. This is like we lost... <laughs> we lost Grandma, you know, uh, in Bend, it's like sneaking away from the hall monitor. Oh, so so Swag is the one who keeps you in line around here. Is that it? No, or he, he tries to. He, he thinks, thinks he does. He thinks he's in charge. Okay, he really is not. But he, you know, he walks around. He sweats a lot, and he says, and he rubs his head, and he says, "This place is falling apart without me." And guess what? For the next hour, we're gonna su- survive without him. I will say the last time Harold and I did this show alone, it went to pieces really quick. Is that right? The type of vulgarity that Harold just spewed on the mic. Nice. It's the kind of stuff you don't want kids to be listening to. Well, I'll make sure that I uh, I, avoid, I try to avoid any <laughs> landmines, but uh, I, I like the uh, the preview of what could be to come today with uh, with Harold unchained right. and unswagged today. Right. Uh, Harold, you had a little bit of a harrowing tale getting in here today. Yeah, if you're heading uh, south on I-5 out of Vancouver, better check your GPS. There's a crash, and they, uh, they close three lanes. So I had to go down through... Uh, Swan Island and uh, my GPS kept telling me, uh, make a U-turn, make oh a U-turn. And I hate that when they say that. What, what do you mean make a I U-turn? Just I know where I am. Make a U-turn. So uh, I'm here. I could have ended up in Boise, Idaho. 
if you know my sense of direction. Well, thankfully, you're not in Boise, Idaho, because me and Will trying to uh, host this show on our own would probably go to pieces even quicker than you and Will trying to put together this show. But uh, it will be a little bit different today, mostly because I'm not swag, uh, but also my my knowledge <laughs> Thank you. of, of <laughs> golf and uh, my golf game, not quite where swag's is I do have a lot of um, excitement around the game of golf for myself. I started playing a lot more this summer, as I, I told you before mm-hmm. the show. But um, I think that with the limited activities around the uh, COVID era, kind of decided that was going to be my main summer hobby and was getting out playing two and three times a week. So I have a lot of um, specific areas to kind of pick your brain about as far as uh, everything from drills to improving your score, improving your handicap, uh, things like that. We'll get into all of that. We will also have Brian Newman of Orange Whips Golf coming on to talk a little golf and fitness with us. Um, But we have plenty to get to um, around the game of golf. And so we'll go inside the ropes. It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards, the latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. So starting off on the PGA Tour, Harold, we got a crowded leaderboard at the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open, a five-way tie for first as I'm seeing it now. Martin Laird, Patrick Cantley, Brian Harmon, Austin Cook, Peter Malnati, all 14 under par. Uh, you've also got Bryson one shot off the lead. He's 13 under. And then you got a big group. There's six people who are uh, two shots off the lead. That includes former Oregon Duck Wyndham Clark. What have you seen from this tournament so far well, that stood out? I can tell you this is really interesting. This is the lowest cut line, seven under par. It's the lowest cut line that we've seen since 1970. Wow. And in, actually in 1970, they say they started to take, you know, s- stats on this. Well, I don't know what they were doing before that. Okay. It's like 1970. It's not like BC or anything <laughs> like that. So in 1970, Get they the decided, wait a minute, let's write this down. Okay, let's do some stats. So we started keeping record. Right. And so it was a bright, sunny, uh, sunshiny day, (laughs) 1970. We don't know where they were, but someone with a pencil started writing things down. And we came up with um, a really exciting leaderboard this week. So uh, with so many players within a couple of shots of the lead and so many birdies to be made out there, Mm -hmm. a lot of low scores, our friend... um, Scotty Harrington shoots 63 first round, struggled in a second round and missed the cut. But uh, there's a lot of 63, 64s out there. Uh, not the same as the U.S. Open golf course. They, they sent these guys out and they said, hit it as far as you want and anywhere you want, and you got a chance of making a birdie. So Is it's going to be an exciting like, uh... weekend. Is that about like what the Northern Trust was like uh, a couple weeks ago, or like where where Dustin Johnson posted that thirty under? I think it was. Yeah, that's exactly what it, it's like. They don't want to beat these pros up every week because they are, in fact, the whiners of our business. <laughs> and uh, having them, uh, you know, up front crying about the conditions is is something you don't want to hear week in and week out. Yeah, and so another thing about this tournament, we'll get a little bit. Uh, into our our second segment, more specifically about Bryson DeChambeau and his response to some comments uh, from Matthew Fitzpatrick. But the uh, I I saw this stat, and I know that you and Swag were talking a little bit about Bryson last week, but 
Um, on the the par four seventh that he he drove the green on, he's now done that twice in rounds one and two. And I saw a stat from the PGA Tour that said from 2003 to 2019, there were 6,500 tee shots on that hole and not a single ball hit the green. He did it back-to-back weeks. Pretty amazing what he's doing. Uh, he's hitting it far and... He's also hitting it straight. Yeah. Which is, you know, you can have one without the other sometimes. He won a US Open without hitting it straight, but then again the the fairways were so narrow that no one was hitting him. So that's really a moot point. He's hitting it far, he's hitting it green, uh he's making eagles. Uh although he's still a shot behind. Mm-hmm. Uh Bryson uh who is full of Bryson and no one else <laughs> is uh, struggles a little bit with a short game. Yeah, he claims to be a great uh, a, a great putter. Uh, yeah, I think he's a streaky putter. Yeah, uh, I root for him to miss every putt. Um, oh. so yeah. you're in the uh, Isaac Rapa Bryson douche shambo. Yes, more yeah. or less. This is like watching the Oakland Raiders football. I okay if they score no points at all. It's a good day for Harold. Oh. God, and it's a good weekend when Notre Dame, Ohio State, the Raiders, and the Steelers all lose. What's your beef against the Raiders? Uh, no, we can't go there. <laughs> oh, too we hot just, for radio. We just <laughs> did. Did Al Davis kick your ass in a uh, in a round one time? No, 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 not at all. It's just uh, no, we we can't go there. I have to be nice. My wife, every time I leave for the show in the morning, she said, now remember, be compassionate. Oh, that's right. Well, that's, so good. It, that's generally good advice to live by, but not here, not on this show. Well, and not not when it comes to the Oakland Raiders. Fair or enough. Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders now. Yeah. Or, and I, I got to tell you, I don't think you follow your wife's advice when you give swag tips. You can be pretty uh, tactful about it. Like, no. No, I... Swag needs to hear the truth because he's been telling himself all of these non-truths for so long. He needs a another perspective, and I bring the perspective to the show, That's and right. I get paid very little for it. Well, speaking of your perspective, looking at the, this crowded leaderboard, Harold, and I, I failed to mention that uh, both Sergio Garcia and uh, Stuart Sink, Sung J.M., are in that group that are two back off the lead. Um, who, do, who do you like at this point in the tournament? Who do you project or predict may take it home you got i mean it looks like 12 guys within two shots of the lead yeah i'm gonna say because this really pisses swag off and i i know he's gonna listen to this he calls sergio <laughs> garcia the the spanish rat oh he hates sergio oh, i it's wonderful how he and i just needle him and sergio is one of my favorite players because swag doesn't like him okay and uh, so i uh, sergio is up there he's playing very well he won last week uh, Stuart Sink, I don't know. Uh, he's out of nowhere. Uh, one once this year, I think, um, and he, he he played all um, seventy-two holes with a walker. But uh, <laughs> but Stuart Sink's a good player. Who do I like for it? Um, Peter Malinati uh, did very well last week. Uh, lost to. Uh, yeah, he went sixty-two yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, he he's really tough playing well. Um, who else is up there? So you got Cantley. So tied, you have tied for the lead. You have Laird, Cantley, Harmon, Cook, and Malnati. Then you have the Bryson one shot off the lead, and you have James Hahn, Nate Lashley, Sergio Garcia, Stuart Sink, Wyndham Clark, and Sung J M two shots off the lead. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty tight. 
uh, somebody's going to get hot. This is the kind of tournament where they, and and most of them, they'll say Saturday is moving day. No, I think moving day is Saturday and Sunday for this tournament because it's so easy to score on. A lot of low scores. Yeah. So, and then now looking over across the pond, as they say, on the European PGA Tour, they have the BMW PGA Championship this week. Um, Shane Lowry was your leader through um, through two rounds at 12 under. I believe that now he has actually relinquished the lead and uh, is is not uh, is trailing. Let me now it's not lo- reloading for me. Um, but I did one of the things I noticed, Harold, was that Patrick Reed is playing in this tournament, and I, I wonder. Obviously, you have the Shriners going on uh, here in the United States in Las Vegas. What is the benefit, or what is the upside, or what is what's behind a decision to to you know go across the Atlantic and play in that tournament versus playing one here? Well, he's leading in uh, the points to Dubai. Uh, or right up there. So he's got a chance to win the uh, that title, and he's not going to win any title here right away. Uh, he had he didn't win anything big this year. Uh, has played well, so he felt like I'm going to go over there and you know make a little more money. So now it's it's Terrell Hatton who is the leader currently. He's 13 under for the tournament. He's through 16 today. Um, he's got a two-shot lead on Shane Lowry. A couple other notables in the mix. You do have Patrick Reed at 10 under. You've got Tommy Fleetwood at 10 under as well. Um, and then I remember Eddie Pepperell. Wasn't he the dude who was hung over for the uh, the British or the Open Championship and uh, rolled out and had a had a great round a couple years back? That's what I remember of Eddie Pepperell. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember that, but now, now, he's, now I'm a fan. Yeah? yeah. See, yeah, th- th- this cat, he, I'm pretty sure as the story went, he played a poor first round, and he thought, okay, there's there's no way I'm making the cut tomorrow. Yeah. And he went out with his buddies because he was like, well, at least I'm here. I'm going to live it up. And he got hammered, and he came out the next day, and he shot the low round, and he made the cut, and he went into the weekend, and he, he didn't do much more after that. But uh, that, that, was, that was his story. You know um, what? I think a lot of people do that in everyday life for, like, even kind of life things that happen. Like what, get uh, hammered well, every you day? Ha- you, you <laughs> Your buddies, like, maybe, not mine. You know that, like, you got something going on the next day, but it doesn't require a lot of your attention. So yeah. you go out, and then the next day, like, either you totally flail in it or somehow you kind of stumble butt backwards into doing really well in it. That is really very insightful. I think that's kind <laughs> of a thing. Well, do you control his mic also? I, see, unfortunately, I can't control Will's microphone. He can only control ours. He he still is the power holder in this in this he, uh, relationship. He was painting a big picture there about taking golf and making it all about life. Look, and Harold, we, all we're talking about is some drunk golfer trying to, <laughs> look, Harold, we trying to make the cut. We can't all be best-selling authors. Okay, <laughs> I'm a I I've got to check my Amazon uh, ranking. I think I'm in the top five million now for. That's pretty Self good public, considering yeah. how many books they it's have. It's actually two million. Oh, that's I, even better. Yeah. Nice. And, and coming down quickly. I have seen his book. I've seen it here. I've seen it in the very studio you're sitting in. I actually have it on our This uh, damn sport. I have it on our uh, coffee table at my house. Beautiful. You do. Yeah. Do you read it often? I flipped through it a few times. I feel like I need a personalized copy after uh, after Harold and I finish this show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I, I need the what do they call yeah. the when it's in the first page? Is it the inscription? Is yeah, they, yeah. I need I need one of those that says, uh, "To one of my best friends." Or this to, book is not to for someone resale. who's not swag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we have plenty more to get to on this show. Um, still need to get into uh, the LPGA Tour, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship going on right now. Um, also, I don't know if we're going to call it beef, but we've got uh, Bryson DeChambeau in the news once again as he responds to a little bit of criticism from a fellow competitor. I have questions for Harold about my own game and really just trying to take your game as a novice or beginner golfer to the next round. Uh, we'll still get on the phone with uh, Brian Newman of Orange Whips Golf. Talk a little golf and fitness. Uh, that's all coming up. You're listening to Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. It's Ryan Buckley filling in for swag. I am still joined by Harold Bluestein, and uh, we've got a little bit more to get into here. But first, I just I love the kind of jazzy tones that we come back to. It's a nice way to start your Saturday morning. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I wanted to get up and dance. I saw you doing a little shoulder shimmy over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Harold's ready for the lounge tonight. <laughs> He's feeling the piano a, music. Yeah, I'd love to be a lounge act. Nice. Well, okay. We're Here we gonna, are, four in the morning. That kind of, well, yeah. see, I don't think the lounges are even open then, are they? Really? I don't know. I don't ask. Uh, I don't know if anything, any lounges ask are open Will. now. He and his buddies are drinking and making life decisions. Yeah, we go to the lounge at Denny's. <laughs> nice. 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, 20, see, right. there's a lounge that's open. It's oh, not a. Uh, is that true? Harold, what are those? Uh, Some what of are, them. What are those pianos that play themselves that have the big spinny thing on top? A player piano is what they call them. Yeah. We, yeah. my family has one of those. Are you serious? So my grandma and grandpa had one, and they passed it down to my mom. And you you put like the the sheet music in, and it grabs onto these little perforations and spins the the scroll, and the piano just plays itself. And you can do it where you just have the music playing in, internally. Or you can have the setting where the keys actually go down and it looks like a ghost is playing your piano. It's pretty awesome. crazy. Very crazy. It's an antique then. It is, yeah. That's all. Thanks, Grandma. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Grandma and Grandpa. How much yeah. you how much you want for that? You know what? I have no idea what that thing is worth. You should try to sell it on eBay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'll talk to my mom about it. I think she may want to hang on to it for a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those personal things, you know? Well it means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Were you ready for this transition? Speaking of the ladies, uh, the LPGA Tour going on right now. Um, you've got the, let's see, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure I get these names right. It is the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. So um, one of their majors, currently Se Young Kim, a one-shot lead on the rest of the field at four under. Uh, she shot a, not just a tournament, but a championship record yesterday, uh, carding a 29 on the front nine, which was actually her back nine because of where um, she started. But a, a 29 for Say Young Kim yesterday. But you've got a very crowded leaderboard there as well. Uh, Brooke Henderson, Anna Norquist, Jennifer Cupcho, Danielle uh, Kang, all three under par, one shot off the lead. Uh, Harold, you've been following this one as well? Yeah, I, I follow golf. Of course you do. It's like who I am. Uh, actually... I have been following it. The golf course is uh, playing a bit tougher than the men's this week. Mm -hmm. uh, pars are not are good scores. Like Lydia Ko said, I'm just going to go out and and kind of make pars and see where they, you know, where the chips fall. Uh, th this is a tough course for the ladies. If the wind kicks up, it's going to be even tougher. Um, Kim has not won a major. So, uh, but and she's. 
followed by where's Lydia Ko? Lydia Ko has one and, and, and she's a bunch two more shots off the lead. Yeah. yeah, so she's she's two under on the tournament. There's a lot of players uh that are really shooting to win this. This is the third major of the year for the ladies, and a lot of them would love to win this, but it's gonna take someone who can really stay in their game and not not do anything crazy, not make any stupid mistakes. Um Interestingly, I watched Daniel Kang uh, while she was here at the Cambia in Portland, mm-hmm. and I I was watching the the television broadcast, and they said there was this heated argument between Kang and her caddy. Okay, and and they mentioned it. They said uh, she and her caddy really go around and around, don't they? And I witnessed that same thing. I thought she was going to fire him at the at the Cambia, and she's pointing to her head and pointing to him and pointing to her head, and I couldn't hear what they were saying. I wanted to move up closer, but she really gave uh, him a lot of crap. I think the hardest job in golf is being a caddy for some of these uh, entire players yeah it's it's funny the only instruction i ever got um i was i was in college i took a golf class and the the teacher was uh was a pro like yourself and was saying i asked him like have you ever tried caddying would you ever want a caddy and he goes oh no like you got to be a a doormat a whipping boy uh i mean you're basically there in many cases for the golfer just to abuse when they're when they're upset but obviously uh you have certain disagreements different guidance uh, and the dynamic starts to change and, and maybe you do have to have to make a change but in an in an instance like this do you do you think it was just her upset with her own play from what you could tell, or were there really issues between the partnership? Well, I don't know if there's issues, and I think it's her personality. Yeah, uh, because uh, about four holes later, they were laughing. Okay, uh, and I think it comes down to uh, the caddy helping to make decisions, and the player has a choice there. You mm-hmm. can even go with your gut and go with what you like or listen to the caddy. The caddy gives you advice and it doesn't work out. Guess who's, bl- who's to blame? Well, uh, and the player doesn't realize the caddy didn't, uh, did not swing didn't the Didn't make the shot, exactly. Yeah. But uh, if they recommend a six iron and it should have been a five iron and the player comes up, uh, uh, you know, 10 yards short of the green, has to chip, and now birdie's out of the question uh, or maybe uh, – out of the question, uh, then it's the caddy's fault. And that's what a caddy has to put up with. Yeah. Well, as we've been talking here, uh, Se Young Kim just birdied the fifth hole, so now she has a two-shot lead. Well, nope, Anna Norquist Anna Norquist just uh, birdied yeah. as well. So it's back to a one-shot lead, but Se Young Kim now five under as she chases her first major, uh, and then Norquist just a shot back. I also want to ask you about um, Jennifer Cupcho. So she is two shots back. She's three under on the tournament, even for the day. Um, but she made an interesting decision this last week, and Will has that audio. Um, my irons, I had talked it through with my parents. They actually came up with the idea, and I was like, honestly, I haven't played well since I switched. So I went back to the irons that I was playing with in college and um, obviously picked up right where I left off with them. It's interesting. Uh, I have I can't get rid of my previous set of clubs. They were um, a set of Nikes when I was on the Nike staff, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's a, just a great golf club. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm using Titleist, which I really like. Uh, it's a TMB uh, seven sixteen. It's it's a great club, also. Um, 
in some respects easier to get the ball airborne. But there are times I think about going back to my old set, particularly after a, a bad round yeah. where I just didn't feel like I hit my irons very well. And the sometimes we we blame the golf clubs when, in fact, it's the the person swinging them. But making a change like that can just give you a little adrenaline boost. Just a little. It's like changing putters. Yeah. Not the same as changing wives. A much different deal. <laughs> yeah, the, a, a pretty stark contrast there. I wonder how. how I, I'm how pulling these analogies. Uh, you know, out of you know. So obviously, wherever. though, the the technology improves and and changes over time. So going, you know, not going backwards, so to speak, but going to something a little bit older, but you're more that you're more comfortable with. I think can can make a lot of sense. But how common is that? Um, really, on any of these pro tours that you see pros go away from their newer equipment back to something older that's a little more comfortable oh it happens and particularly with putters where they will uh and i feel like that's where i hear about it more often more yeah frequently. yeah they'll pull it out of a closet they don't do it with wedges because wedges tend to lose their uh the the grooves tend to to wear out they will do it with irons periodically you'll see a, an old driver being brought out uh, because they remember how well they used to hit it. Mm-hmm. Or a fairway metal, you'll see uh, a five-wood. Oh, I used to use this five-wood. I didn't. I went to a hybrid, and now I'm going back to it, mm-hmm. and I feel comfortable with it. So you will see it periodically. To go back to an old, a full set of irons uh, is quite a bit rare. Yeah, I, and I, I thought so, too. It's interesting that she's uh, elected to do that as she is uh, two shots off the lead trying to contend for that title. Now, another storyline, and it feels like there's Bryson in the news every week, but I know you and Swag were talking about him last week. Well, now there's uh, there are comments from Matthew Fitzpatrick about what happened at the U.S. Open, and he said, I'm going to be biased because I'm not quite the longest. It's presumably off the tee, but at, at winged foot, fair play to him. He won, uh, shot six under. The fairways were tight as hell, and dr- and I drove it brilliantly. I actually played pretty well, and I'm still miles behind. Mm-hmm. So he goes on to say he's in the rough and miles up, and he's just hitting wedges everywhere. It just makes a bit of a mockery of it, I think. So he's essentially uh, saying that he that Bryson is taking the skill out of the game and uh, and Bryson to his credit said he didn't take that personally he said I appreciate that comment it's a compliment to me honestly a year ago I wasn't hitting it anywhere near as far as I am today I, t- I took a lot of work a lot of hours to work through the night and figure out a lot of this stuff I would say it actually takes more skill to do what I'm doing and albeit my fairway percentages are a little bit down I still believe I'm hitting it straighter than I was last year with the distances I was hitting back then so I actually appreciate those comments I think he's looking out for a certain set of players and I appreciate that my whole goal is to play the best golf I, I can and this game has given me the opportunity to showcase that he also goes on to say that he would love to help other guys try to improve their game in the ways that he has what do you make of, of Fitzpatrick Patrick's comments and then Bryson's response. Well, I think uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick um, makes a good point, and a lot of players might agree with him. But I was thinking about this this morning uh, when I read this particular article, uh, and and both you and Will can comment on this. They didn't change the game when Shaquille O'Neal came onto the floor. He was the biggest, he was the strongest, and they pushed everybody around 
and they didn't change the game to suit it. Now, obviously, basketball, the court size is never going to change. The rim height is probably never going to change, but they didn't necessarily change the rules. Uh, And so I don't know how to... The fact is that I don't like Bryson, and I think the fact him saying that this is uh, uh, this is typical, where he says it takes more skill to do what I'm doing. That's a that's a load of bull. Uh, it I applaud his effort, and I know his goals are to win more. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long will his career last? Swinging as hard as he is, and drinking six or seven protein drinks yeah, a day, yeah. he's going to end up looking like John Daly and and having the body of John Daly. So I think he wants uh, gratification instantly and, uh, and, and for not very long, not for a long career. Uh, but I can't see I, – I can't see us changing the game to, like, tiger-proof or Duchambeau-proof. Right, proof. right. The – uh, golf. So I don't know how you guys feel about other sports and where someone who was very special came in and they didn't change anything. They just let it evolve. It was kind of their personal trend yeah. and then it, and then it faded away a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think these things come in waves and that's what it is for almost every single sport and you can see it everywhere. You know, in football it's not so much about the individual but the scheme, whether it's the spread offense mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, the option run or just the ground and pound. Um, you know, different players and different strategies just kind of evolve over time and really – I think that's the best part about just sports in general. And I think that's what probably the best part of what golf was uh, in the late 2000s was the fact that the narrative shifted from Tiger Woods is completely dominant to who will now be the next person to define how we play golf after Tiger Woods, post Tiger Woods. We all thought it was going to be Jordan Spieth when he went on his run for, you know, about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. But now Shambo's kind of coming in here and saying, well, look, you know, Rory McIlroy completely destroyed his body by just pumping iron constantly and getting his Mr. Body, CrossFit. Yeah, getting his body fat down to 2%, but I'm going to do it a different way. And if it gets results, then I I don't know. I also view this as a lot of golfers being jealous. And maybe I'm totally I, off I would track agree. There. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and I, I think that there's an element where they, they think of him kind of as a one-trick pony or like maybe a home run hitter in baseball where mm-hmm. oh, like he's, he's not doing the hit and run. He's not going gap to gap. He's not doing all these other things, but the one thing he does and does really well gives him a huge advantage over everybody else. And that's kind of I, – I, I'm fascinated kind of where your mindset is, Harold, about really how long it can last and how sustainable it is from the, the way he treats his body, the way he swings, um, what, he, what he puts in his body, all that. And actually, we are, um, we're up against the clock here, but we got to get to – uh, Brian Newman on the other side of the break. Speaking of um, golf, fitness, and how you treat your body, Orange Whips Golf. I'm going to talk with Brian Newman coming up next. You're listening to Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back to Golf in the Northwest. Ryan Buckley filling in for swag, still alongside Harold Bluestein this week. And Harold has drummed up for us once again another guest. And uh, today, we are going to talk with Brian Newman of Orange Whips Golf and, uh, and Orange Whips Golf Fitness. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you all doing out there on the West Coast? We are excellent. Uh, it's a little bit wet out here, so might need some covered driving ranges or golf umbrellas 
out there today. Um, but just to get things started with you, Brian, tell me a little bit about uh, your role with Orange Whip Golf and uh, and what you guys are doing right now. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, uh, I've been a teaching pro, a club pro for a, a long, long time and uh, was at a club in the mountains um, in North Carolina and developed a program called Golf Fitness X um, with my personal training background that developed uh, coordination and fitness at the same time uh, to make players better. Um, the owner of Orange Whip and I, Jim Hackenberg, got randomly paired in a PGA section event, like didn't know each other at all. And uh, by the end of 18 holes, it was like, hey, you have products and hey, you have a program. And uh, here we sit now. I've come on full time, resigned from my um, job in North Carolina. And what I do is uh, I take, I develop products that are specifically based around um, improving body movements using um, the Orange Whip tools, and then taking those tools that have already been around, of Orange Whip, uh, the putt of the wedge, things like that. We utilize those um, with our workout programs and our instructional programs, and what makes those unique. And my role is blending golf instruction and fitness, where not only are we going to make you um, learn a tip, right, or your, your basic um, coordination style lesson, but we're also going to make your body be able to do that as well. So that's, uh, that's what I do and develop content for that with the videos online with our online membership. So, so uh, Brian, we're, we've got a situation where a lot of golfers out there want an instant uh, success. Uh, working out is something they, well, maybe I'll do a little bit in the winter. How do we convince them that physical training specific to golf will make the game a lot more enjoyable? Yeah, no question. So what the, uh, for the body to be able to uh, take the things you're working on on the range, right? And I, what I refer to those, those fast, um, people want those fast results, I call that a, a swing thought lesson, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody just wants that magical elixir, right? That magical swing thought. Um, so what, what we did is with that in mind, you know, we still had to, in, in 60 minutes during a golf lesson, we still had to create a product that changed somebody's ball flight. Um, and it didn't scare them by saying, Hey, here's a kettlebell. Here's a med ball, um, go exercise. So the, the importance of it is huge. Your, your body can't take the movements you're trying to do um, and create that coordination that quickly, number one. Number two, if your body's not capable, it's going to be even harder, right? So at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter if you're limited from a body standpoint or limited from a coordination side, you, you just can't do it. So the importance of the training those movements with the proper uh, technique, which is, you know, what we've, what we've developed over, you know, a long, long time, uh, is super key. So it's going to I call it, you know, I beat balls on the range as a college, you know, athlete for days and days and days and months and, you know, however long it took versus if I would have known what I know now and the movement training style that we use, we call it functional golf swing training, um, how much faster we can make changes in the gym. And um, look at Bryson, for example, the first place he turned to improve, to become a dominant player was the gym. So, again, training movement in the right setting which isn't on the range sometimes is uh, super key. Uh, Brian Newman with uh, Orange Whip Golf. And I, 
what are you trying to develop? Flexibility, hand speed, uh, physical strength like uh, Bryson DuChambeau. What is, what's the purpose of your training program? Sure. So it is to develop all of those things to a certain level. Our goal is to make the golfer as efficient as possible. So what that would be is we want to make you put the club somewhere that would be more efficient. We want to make you turn. We want to make you tilt, right, your posture. We want to make you be able to transfer your weight. Um, so to do that, we would call that coordination patterns. And then pairing those, we also, to allow you to do those better, right, think of why a tour player is so good. Their body is able to do the movement, and they also have trained to do it properly. So what we want to do is make that athlete as efficient as possible. And to do that, we need to bring up just all those things you said. We need to get flexibility to a certain level. We need to get strength to a certain level. And no matter where you are on the spectrum of those flexibility, strength, and things like that, we're going to start to bring those levels up. And as we do that, we're going to bring those coordination patterns along with it so that you can instantly put them into your golf swing. So, again, we want to make the athlete – I call it – I talk about it on um, – PGA Tour Radio, we call them, we were, we're going to turn you maybe not into a racehorse, but we're going to turn you into a racing mule. So we're going to make you move as good as you can. And then if you stick to it and, you know, go through standard, um, you know, routines for a period of time, um, you're going to have those, those uh, things really uh, stick in the long term. Hey, Brian, so I'm looking at some of the golf fitness stuff that you guys do, and uh, I see that you've got these swing workouts of the day. And I I know that, obviously, um, improving your golf fitness is going to be um, focusing on making sure your body is able to do the things you want to be able to do with your golf swing. But what can some kind of individualized and specific workouts do for you? And and what are the kind of areas or or muscle groups or, or fitness Um, specific directions that you want to be focusing on that you think can really um, help a golfer swing the most? Yeah, absolutely. So the swing workout of the day, um, we focus on on our five swing skills, we call it. So that's posture. So, you know, keeping your head down or staying in your posture during your backswing. Rotation, segmentation. So your ability to turn your upper body while your lower body turns a different way. Weight shift and balance and swing plane. Okay, so... The swing workout of the day rotates through those five areas. And what those workouts do is they teach you how to perform those swing skills during the golf swing itself. So let's say the swing workout of the day was a rotation workout. So what we're going to do is we're going to train you to turn during the backswing impact and finish to as efficiently or as well as we can get you towards the best players in the world. So what we're going to train during that workout is I want to see your hips turn to, you know, make a nice turn in the backswing. Um, And we cue this, right? So we're telling you, hey, we want to see that belt buckle, or we want to see your uh, belt buckle turn away from the target, you know, about to this position on the power field, right? And then as we're working through the drills and the workout movements, we're then cueing that on how to do it. So, like, if, if you and I were on the lesson team, me telling, hey, I want to see a little bit more hip rotation during the backswing. Well, we're doing that in the workout. And then to answer your question of what muscle groups um, or things we're doing, well, rotation, let's say the lower body is what we're going after again. Um, 
during that time I'm training you to make a better turn during your backswing, I'm also getting your hips more mobile, right? So your right. hip joints. I'm getting those muscles needed, right? Your glutes, your all of the muscles needed to create that rotation are also firing. And we're also, we use resistance bands to then assist the range of motion. Got so it. if you're stiff, I can use the bands to help turn and then therefore increase your flexibility. And then we use the peel and you've got stability built in there. So you can see we're hitting all of these uh, points of performance and we're talking how to do it while also training those muscles needed to do it. So that's what the swim workout of the day really does. And what's unique about it, it takes less than 20 minutes and it's very efficient and fast. And at the end of it, we do a speed round, we call it, where we, we unhook all the bands. We take the Orange Whip Light Speed, which is a swing trainer that trains, you know, hand speed, kinematic sequence, um, all that stuff. And we open it up because, again, we have to train our body to move the way we want it to in the golf swing. That's our functional training. And if I want you to move faster, we then go into our speed training and you're swinging that light speed 20% faster than your driver. And you get, literally you get done these workouts, you go to the range, you swing your swing. And it's like, man, I've never turned like that before. Um, so that's really how the design is. They're very specific. So, so Brian, how do you, uh, when you have a, a player come to you, how do you prioritize which of those five elements are important or do you look at all of them at one time? Yeah, so we, we've, we focus on um, a well-rounded program. So we want to make you the most complete golfer possible. So because we're training the golf swing, we've got to make sure that we're still training the things we're even good at. And we say if you don't use it, you could lose it, right? So because you have to perform all the skills during backswing impact finish, we're going to train all of them, but we can definitely focus on what we call your, um, your flaws or your, right, everybody knows, hey, I slide and I can't stop, or mm -hmm. I pick up in my backswing, I just can't seem to make it go away. So what we use is we have a screening that we call the functional golf swing and body screening, where we break down your swing skills that I mentioned previously during your setup, your backswing, your impact, and your finish, and we check 44 points during your swing and it, it doesn't take much time. It takes about 15 minutes. And when we get done, we're able to see where are you weakest in your swing skills. And usually, obviously, that matches your flaw, but we're able to make it very, very specific and say, all right, let's target this as we continue to, you know, maintain or improve other areas. Um, and that's how we do it. We do a screening, um, and we also, you know, we look at a golf swing on, on video and all those good things. But we really want to see – is the ball affecting you? Are your fundamentals affecting you? Or is your body just unable, not coordinated, and unable to make that movement? Um, so we can get very specific in, hey, here's your training regime. Um, we're going to work on your swing plane skill because that's your weakest area during the impact foundation. Here's your workout. Here's your swing workout. We want you to do that. And then we're going to swing train. We're going to use the whip and the light speed to also help your swing plane during the impact foundation. Um, by making, you know, 30 to 60 swings uh, just with those tools. So you can see how we really create a specific program um, to really tackle those, um, you know, lo the low-hanging fruit there, if that makes sense, as we continue to maintain the other areas that you do perform. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your time. You want to improve your golf swing or your golf fitness, check out orangewhipgolf.com. Awesome work you're doing over there, Brian, and really fascinating stuff with uh, how the fitness can uh, can help you out and improve your game. Uh, we want to thank Brian once again for his time. And uh, when we come back here on Golf in the Northwest, we will wrap things up. Got a couple more questions uh, for Harold. And actually, I'm going to have a golf weekend coming up on the horizon, uh, one of the very first that I've participated in. We'll get into that next, plus some updates what's going on around the game of golf. You're listening to Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf. Every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Ryan Buckley and Harold Bluestein here with you for this final segment of Golf in the Northwest. And I know this is typically the time we get into the business of golf. Harold, I have some questions for you. First, just uh, look around what's going on uh, across the pond at the on the European Tour. Um, they're all finished up there for the day through round three. Terrell Hatton has a three-shot lead on the field. He is 14 under for the tournament um, LPGA Tour, the Women's PGA Championship. Young Kim, six under uh, on the tournament, two under on the day. She has a one-shot lead. And the Shriners Hospital uh, for Children Open down in Las Vegas. All the leaders have not yet teed off. That'll happen a little bit later this afternoon. Um, but, Harold, I want to get into some questions that I have for you. I've started, I mentioned investing more time in the game of golf this summer. But in far as far as actually investing my money, um, what are the ways that a a young golfer or not not young, but a uh, novice or beginning golfer can start to invest in their game, be it through equipment and through instruction? What are the things that you think for someone trying to take the next leap um, are, couldn't be most effective? Well, I would say not equipment because uh, that's going to take uh, someone with some expertise to help you mm -hmm. along there. And don't assume that they're just trying to sell you something. Uh, a, a PGA professional, a good one, you, you say you play at the OGA course. You've got Mark Keating, who's an outstanding instructor, club fitter. He can help you through that. But I would start with uh, some instruction. And you've been out there. You got your feet wet. Yep. so to speak, yep. and you're out there making a mess of things and <laughs> uh, you're finding out that you have some strengths and some weaknesses. Uh, most new players assume that they have nothing but weaknesses in their game, but uh, an instructor, uh, a good instructor will look at you and assess what your strengths are and your weaknesses sure. and give you a way to uh, work on those. So I encourage you to either get into a group lesson program, mm -hmm. which is kind of like the camouflage. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get in there and... It's a, it's a halfway house to instruction. Yes, ex <laughs> exactly. And you can look at the person next to you and go, well, I'm not that bad. Uh, and what you don't realize is you are. But, uh, but you're Just camouflaged. Just in a different and, way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the, the group lesson is oftentimes an inexpensive way to mm -hmm. get started. Uh, gives you It's not as intense as a private lesson. Right. Uh, and can give you a taste of what instruction's like. You can find, uh, you'll realize that you have a rapport with that instructor or not. Uh, if not, then you, you seek one that you might. But you also can make some, uh, it's a good social experience for mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. uh, and, and kind of a, a low-key way to learn. 
if you um, are under the assumption that you are more gifted than everyone else in the group <laughs> uh, and you live with that delusion without any, you know, any sort of consciousness or conscience about it, then I would recommend uh, you think about uh, private lessons. Right. Uh, or you do a semi-private lesson. So you and the and your wife go and take lessons uh -huh. together. You want to be careful there because you're, you know, as the guy, you're going to say, you know, sweetheart, you should be doing this. You know what? And Amazingly, my wife's been golfing for longer than I have. Oh. She started golfing when she was a teenager. I didn't start till I was in college. So okay. uh, she's uh, she can hold her own out there. And but some but group lessons and joint lessons is definitely something that we've discussed. I think that we're probably both in the boat that. We don't know that we're uh, we're quite ready to do the individual private or, or make that investment, but we think that the uh, the first step could be uh, a, a group or a, a joint lesson for the two of us. Yeah, I think as semi private, I used to do a lot of them, husband wives, uh -huh. uh, and I think it's good because I'll offer them the uh, my advice is that one becomes the eyes of the other, right, and vice versa. Right. So, so. You can uh, spouse can say, "Oh, you know, I'm, I I don't understand what I'm doing," and the other can say, "Well, remember, I uh, whoever Harold said that you, you've got to be aware of a better grip or a better alignment." Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, now right. I remember. So that's a good way to to get yourself started. And to start to enjoy the game together. Yeah, and that's nice because we we try to do a little bit of that already, but it the it ends at I think you were lined up wrong and you opened your club face. That, that that's about that's about all the instruction we're good for giving each other, and definitely need um, somebody else to to take another look. Yeah, and it's uh, you know I hear um, people give one another advice all the time. Um, Tommy Armour, the great uh, tour professional once said about instruction that amateurs teach amateurs to be amateurs. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It's very good. Now, I heard recently that Swag was giving golf advice to Sprague. Oh. And, and Brandon had called me for a lesson. I wasn't available. He yeah. said, oh, it's okay when you're available. I, I'll get with you. But but Swag gave me some drills and some things to work on. Did it screw them all up? Yeah, that's like asking your plumber to do your taxes. <laughs> you know, it's just totally absurd. And I, and I had to, uh, I text uh, Sprague and I said, forget everything he told you. Uh, unlearn it. Yes, unlearn or at least, yeah, when I give advice to a player, it, it's not necessarily for public consumption uh, because I try to individualize. Sure. The this instruction same instruction is not going to be same for each person. Uh, absolutely, you may have uh, general areas of mistake, but but they're not the same. You, you, no one, uh, no two golfers are the same, and the way they interpret information and uh, manifest that into a physical action, it can be totally different. Now you look at uh, uh, Sergio Garcia, the rat. Uh, yeah. Learning uh, putting last week, he was putting with his eyes closed. And so uh, yesterday... And for what purpose? The purpose is that there's this tendency for players, regardless of level, to get ball-bound, start 
getting hypnotized by the ball. There's a certain energy level. Your adrenaline level goes mm-hmm. up. There's the anxiety of performance going on. Uh, Will knows a lot about performance anxiety. Hey, and the, uh, whoa. I'll tell my wife that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I knew he'd drag us right into the locker room. The, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I was the one to do it. <laughs> I could count on that. So, um, but he was, there was less, um, he needed to kind of break, break out of that idea of trying to be perfect and just allowing his body to make the stroke. And this is very difficult. The reason we take lessons and we practice is so we can perform with a certain sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's very hard to do. But if you start with putting, and Sergio did, but just closing his eyes, you get a sense of the stroke. Sure. The the length of the stroke, the speed of the stroke. So I made that recommendation to my wife yesterday in the putting green. She was struggling a little bit. uh, And I said, go ahead and putt with your eyes closed. And she did. She said, I was amazed at how many putts I made. Yeah. With my eyes closed. Yeah. And so there was this uh, putting is so intuitive anyway, and golf is a, a field sport and can become very intuitive. I wouldn't recommend hitting balls with your eyes closed because you're going to kill someone. But uh, putting with your eyes closed, there's less likely that you would do it more than once a week. Yeah, well, kill someone more and more. And it's it's interesting that you bring up putting because I've been wondering about this for a little while now. Um, I've been using the same putter and kind of had the same putter stroke. How do and you know this is a, a segment that's typically. Uh, looks at some equipment around the game. How do you feel about different putter grips and, and what I feel like for me personally, sometimes I have issues with uh, my, my putter stability. Like it's uh, it's, it's a little bit too loose in my hands. I've thought about going up to one of the bigger kind of super stroke style grips. How do you feel about those and, and which, which ones do you kind of believe in? Well, um, again, we're talking about a sense of feel and touch and I use one of the super stroke, um, 3.0 slims, uh, and they have a number of different sizes. Like there's three or four different sizes. Whichever one feels comfortable to you. So you uh, think it's just kind of purely a feel thing? For oh, that? absolutely, yeah. it is. Because uh, when we get anxious, uh, anxiety and will manifest itself in our feet and our hands right away. So we talk about NFL quarterbacks, happy feet, happy feet. Yep. Uh, or their eyes start to dance around, and, and they can't pick out their receivers. They mm-hmm. can't read the defense. Uh, so your your feet, your eyes, and your hands, and with putting, a larger grip is a really good place to start. Excellent. Well, Harold, thank you for uh, surviving this hour with me. I, I sounded like when we first got in, you were excited to have a swagless hour, so hopefully that was enjoyable as you made it sound. But uh, it has been a pleasure, and there's so much stuff that I didn't get to ask Harold that I'm going to have to fill in for swag again so that we can get to some of those questions. Uh, thanks to Harold. Thanks to Brian Newman of Orange Whip Golf. And thanks to Will on the other side of the glass. This has been Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. So I'm sure they had her out beating balls until the, the, the yeah. cows came home to uh, try and overcome. Now, how would I adjust? Well, I've got to choke down on my club a little bit. Hold up the sack out on the sidewalk at the street and right. just see if you can aim it in there from the porch. Look, I'm I'm in the rough quite a bit. So. Yeah, you are. The ladies are getting creamed. <laughs> you know how easy I am. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> Fiji's in Europe. Uh... 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.